Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com to book a training session. We offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive lineman or defensive lineman wanting to get better off the ball or you're an athlete wanting to improve your speed and agility, we have something for you over at DNA. Visit dnasportsdenver.com right now and sign up. Yeah. Yo, yo. Get that cypher started. Get that cypher started. Uh, <laughs> and we back. Yo, there's a mouthful to begin with, huh? Hey, man. Sometimes <laughs> it starts out like that. Man, if you all can see behind the scenes, you'd have just as much fun as we do. But we hope you have just as much fun as we do joining in, listening. And as always, uh, we thank you once again for tuning in and listening. This is the DNA Sports Podcast. I am Coach Alice, followed with, uh, alongside my boy, Coach Don, baby, and we're back. Hey, and we're here today to talk everything Super Bowl related and everything that's been going on. So for all of our viewers out there, if you're rocking with us, we appreciate you. Continue to share your experiences with the DNA podcast with your friends, family, so that way we can gain more viewers and more listeners out there. Man, DNASportsDenver.com. Once again, DNASportsDenver.com. Make sure you hit the website, uh, subscribe, follow, like, whatever you got to do to stay tuned with what we're doing. Um, As usual, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Don, appreciate y'all tuning in. Man, busy sports week this weekend. Very busy, man. I think the the the, the wise guys in Vegas are going to be uh, pretty busy watching what goes on with the fights tonight, Super Bowl tomorrow. Yeah, if you're a sports fan, you can't complain about this weekend. You know, like you said, you got fights tonight. Pretty much when it's UFC, it's an afternoon to evening yeah, event. Yeah, that's it's an all-day all thing. Event. So you have today filled with UFC matches and tomorrow the big the big game, baby. The big game, I, you know. I don't know how the copyright and, and, and all that stuff works on, on podcasts, but we done said it a few times, and I don't care. You know, flag me. I know on the radio they always got to advertise their their stuff as the big game, but I think that's when you're trying to sell your product. We're not trying to sell your product. We're trying to hype up the game, man. Right. If anything, we're lending support to the game with our little following and, you know, all you folks following. Who you got, man? You know, not you, Dom. Not you. We'll get into that later. We're going to preview the Super Bowl in our, in our, in our back end of the segments today. Um, Dom's got a really cool story he found about a gentleman that's uh that's prepping for the super bowl in terms of the field he's been doing this every super bowl right an unsung hero unsung hero the one that makes the grass just perfect to fall on just perfect to to cut on so uh we'll have that coming up for you obviously our our super bowl picks and our super bowl preview will have have coming up for you got a great mailbag question in the in the bag today uh that we'll have for you also pertaining towards the super bowl and it was also a busy week in the nba that we're going to touch on as well super busy week in the nba man a lot of teams a lot of teams uh try to stake their claim to that here in february and um unfortunately 
uh, for the NBA, uh, championships aren't won in February. They're won in June. Uh, championships are won in the NFL in February, however. But, uh, yeah, like Don mentioned, super busy trade deadline for the NBA. You've seen the Lakers, the Suns, um, all position themselves to be, you know, to be better and fight for that playoff spot. Uh, the Nuggets, you know, some subtle moves. I think people locally around here were a little upset with some of the trades, you know, getting rid of Bones for uh, virtually nothing. And then, um, you know, they weren't – they weren't. They didn't make big splashy moves, um, but I thought I thought the moves they made were were necessary moves and and were decent moves. Uh, what do you What are your feelings overall with the with the trade deadline? You know, I thought there was some exciting things that went on. Um, you know, the Nuggets did make a few moves and and, and got better in the on the bench. You know, in, in regards to big men, um, but there was also some teams in the West that got better and 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 can be a concern later on down the stretch of things obviously the big one is kevin durant going to the phoenix suns yep um now you mix kevin durant with devin booker chris paul with deandre ayton and all of a sudden the suns are looking very very formidable um you know i've got a lot of questions with that one still though bro because like you know i yeah they they landed they landed one of the best players in the league um but he's been hurt a lot lately yeah, and he's he is hurt now, uh, coming off injury. And he, I think he's supposed to be back, at, right right around or after the the All Star break. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things, man, where uh, that that star power, that name that name recognition, right? Um, and, and and all of a sudden, in twenty four hours, it went from all oh, these Nuggets are looking good to the Suns are going to catch the Nuggets, and they're still sitting about eight games back from the Nuggets. So um, I, I'm not too concerned on that aspect, to be honest with you. I was. Um, Intrigued by what the Lakers did? Yeah, I was just getting ready to talk about that one, man. Three three way trade on that one, dude. I think I think if um if I was to to grade, you know, the trade deadline, um, I think I think the Lakers probably did best for themselves out of all the teams, in my opinion. Um, they're hovering around that 13, 14 spot right now, and, and they're just outside the playing the playing tournament. Um, they got the goat. Or the goat now on their team with LeBron James, right? Congratulations on on breaking uh, that uh, that record of of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all time scoring record. Um, and he had he didn't have enough support. Like I don't think they had, you know AD's always hurt. And I, s- I seen a meme the other day. You said goat, and it just triggered something. <laughs> I didn't mean I'm to say sorry, that. but I seen I seen a meme the other day, and it said if Wilt had six rings and he was the highest scorer in the league and never considered a, the greatest, the goat, right? It was always Jordan. Why is LeBron? All yeah, we're stuff. talking about Kareem. I seen Kareem, the same meme. Kareem, yep, yeah, I seen problem. the same meme. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you got Bill Russell with eleven rings. There's one goat. Yeah, you know, I I think uh, for generations, each generation has its own goat, and I think right now you can argue it's LeBron um, for their generation, for his generation of players. You know, you kind of got Kobe as a tweener between LeBron and and, and MJ, but um, nonetheless, though, uh, trade deadline wise, the Lakers did great for themselves. Man, they got rid of Russell Westbrook, which I think was more. I think that's uh, what does they call that uh, addition by subtraction. Mm-hmm. You know, I think getting getting him out, and he was he was starting to become sub- insubordinate. Uh, he was uh, pulled off the court uh, a couple games ago, and like took his sweet time. Almost got a delay of uh, delay of game penalty for the Lakers, and him and uh, Darvin Ham got into it a little bit. So, yeah, it just seemed like it wasn't a right fit for him. You know, nah, it was kind and, of and one they of kept those, trying to force it. Yeah, it was kind of one of those ones where you know they bring in this this star. That they think is going to be a great contribution to the team, and and personalities just don't mesh sometimes. You know what I mean? And and it and it showed on the court, and and I kind of think it's transpiring before our eyes with the trade. So well, and he was relegated to the bench. 
you know, he he you know essentially was was a sixth person coming off the bench. Um, just not his role. It's wild to think since Russell Westbrook has signed that five year supermax deal, he's been on five different teams. Yeah. This is his fifth team he's been on. Obviously, I think Utah's uh, Utah and Russ are talking about a buyout, so he might be joining the sixth team here soon. A um, lot of lot of speculation about the Clippers trying to go in there and swoop him up. Um, the Clippers doing a lot of trades this this week too, um, sending John Wall back to Houston, um, just you know sending Reggie Jackson away. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going along going on with that. To get back to the Nuggets, they brought in Thomas Bryant from the Lakers for three second round picks and Devin uh, Devon Reed. I like the pick for the Nuggets, man. I think uh, I think Bryant can add a lot of depth down low. He adds a little more physicality down low coming off the bench. You know, um, I like DeAndre Jordan. I like what he's brought to the team as far as like a leadership standpoint and as far as like a mentor standpoint. But he's not he's not that guy no more, right? And th- th- we don't have that gritty kind of down low presence. And I think Thomas Bryant's going to provide that for the Nuggets. I'm kind of excited to see that. I agree too because when you take when you when you're bringing joker off the off the court right and you're bringing in some of those bench players and those role players we really are missing a bigger presence and 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 more of an aggressor like you say so you know hopefully he can bring us that that uh you know dennis rodman-esque type of physicality in the paint you know what i mean and and get some of those boards let me ask you what do you think about uh the kyrie irving trade kyrie going to dallas i I, you know what and all the hype that the trade deadline was that one happened a few days before the deadline and i almost forgot about it um well there was a lot of controversy too because he tweeted the image of the laker jersey and everybody started saying oh oh, he's going back well i know the lakers are pushing for him they were trying i was actually surprised that it was dallas that came through and swooped him up you know um, I think it's an interesting move. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what him and, and Luca look like together playing. Yeah. Um, Kyrie's a, a great basketball player. Like, I don't think there's any question about his ability. It's his availability sometimes that comes into question, and it's some of the stuff that he got going on around him. Um, I'm not. I'm not one to go into them talks with what he's got going on around him. He's a. He's a. He's an interesting and kind of unique cat, and I'll leave it at that. But um, as a basketball player, you're hard pressed to find another guy that can that can take over a game just like he can. Well, you know, and I I, you know, I don't want to speak too much on speculation and rumor, but there has already been some speculation and rumor behind it, as Dallas might be a temporary home for him, and Phoenix might be more of a place where they're going to try to where he's going to end up landing up later on down the road. You yeah. know, again, it's speculation, but you know, if they pair. Well, he's, his contract expires this year, so he's it, Dallas is kind of going out on a limb trying to um, get him there and then seeing if they can re-sign him. Um, so there is that, too. I, you know, that could probably lend to this, the speculation. And let's be real, if he doesn't want to finish off in Dallas this year, if this, te- if this test run, so to speak, doesn't go well, um, he's pretty going to be free to go wherever he wants to go at the end of the year. Yeah, it'll be pretty nasty to see him and KD in, in Phoenix. Yeah, you you would think maybe at some point, man, there's going to be an odd man out because they've already got a. He would have to go back to the point and play point. You know, you're going to have to rotate with Chris Paul or Chris Paul be gone. Yeah, Devin Booker's there. I mean, you're going to have a lot of ball dominant players there. I mean, as it is now, um, you know, the good thing about having Chris Paul is he doesn't need to score. He can just be a facilitator, and he's perfectly fine with that. Um, so there, there is that. I, I think. 
I think, you know, you're going to run into the problem that the Lakers of, I think, 04 ran into when they had Shaq, they had the mailman, they had Gary Payton, they had Kobe, they had all these alphas on the team. And, mm-hmm. and at some point, you know, who's going to defer? Yeah. And you may run into that with Phoenix this year. Um, I still question Phoenix's health, right? They've been they've been banged up all year long. Devin Booker's missed time. Chris Paul's missed time. Now KD's missing time because you know of, of a of a of a MCL strain. Um, you know I question their health and, and I wonder how long they're going to be able to hold up and if they're going to be able to hold up for that long haul. Now the experience they have, it's wild, man. You you got KD coming off, dude. If if he's he's the scary one. He's torched the Nuggets for a number of years yeah. when he was with excuse me when he was with Oklahoma City. Um, that's going to be an interesting one, bro. I, I I do think, I do think Phoenix is going to make a little push. Um, I just, man, I really like what the Nuggets got going on right now. You mentioned, you know, having someone come off the bench for Jokic. I was trying to find the numbers, but I can't find the story that I was reading. But his uh, the the Nuggets when Jokic is on the court versus when he's off the court is night and day. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it's visibly nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're so good when he's on the court. He does so much more than just score. Yeah. He facilitates. He does a lot of good things. Uh, up until this last game, I think he was on like a four game triple double streak. You know, um, he he does so much for them. But when he's off the court, they miss him a lot. And so I'm hoping now with Bryant coming in, he can he can fill the bucket a little bit. He's he's more physical down low. And you might even be able to pair him with Jokic on a couple of pairings. You know, um it just provides more depth. Uh there was before before the hype of Phoenix and before uh K D went over to Phoenix, everybody was 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 applauding the Nuggets. Yeah. Everyone was saying they they had the deepest team in the league, the deepest bench in the league. And I still think that's true even without Bones. Yeah. Like I think I don't think and this is why I'm not so bad about sad about letting Bones go. It's going to suck if that dude blows up mm-hmm. because he but, may blow up. Yeah, he he looks like he's going to have a promising career. But he's going to be sitting behind Paul George and Kawhi over there in Los Angeles right now. Um, what 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 Bones provides off the bench, we have with the Nuggets still. We still have guys that can come off the bench and score points for us. What he doesn't provide is what the Nuggets needed the most, the physicality, the defense, you know, and that's why I think the Nuggets are going to be a big player for Reggie Jackson in the buyout market if uh, if Reggie Jackson gets bought out, which the speculation is that he's going to get bought out. Um, I think he got traded to Charlotte. So the speculation is he's going to get bought out of that contract. So the Nuggets are primed to jump on that. They, they should. They could use another, another point guard, a true point guard, that can kind of help facilitate a little bit, take some of the pressure off of Jamal, um, take some of the pressure off of Bruce Brown. Uh, let Christian Brown come in and kind of play a role. So I'm I'm excited with it, man. Um, you know, it's it's definitely hearing hearing the buzz and hearing everybody talk about how the Nuggets didn't do anything or didn't make a big enough splash. We didn't make, we didn't need to make a splashy move. We needed to make a move that kind of reinforced what we got. Our big four is playing really well right now. I mean, even Michael Porter Jr. is starting to come into his own, scoring a lot of points. Jamal's been on this on this little streak. He's missed a couple of games with some knee soreness and the other in the non surgically repaired knee. But I think um, I think we're good, man. I think we're okay with what, what we're doing. We just got to continue continue making the right moves and continue pressing forward. Yeah. Hey, and with that to said, man, we're gonna move on to the next topic and talk a little bit of UFC because that's what's going on today. Um, and, you know, it's going to be an exciting bout. There's a lot of good matches on it. Um, 
who's your which bout are you looking forward to the most, Coach? I'm looking. I'm looking at that main event, brother. I'm okay. looking at that at, at uh, Alexander, Alexander Vol- uh, Volkanovski and, and Islam, man, champion versus champion. Um, uh, both fellas come in with just one loss. Both fellas come in looking super dominant over the last couple fights. So um, I think that that matchup right there is going to be a really good one. Uh, looking at the height differential, though, man, I didn't realize Volkanovski's only 5'5", five five, dude. That's a little guy that can just whoop somebody's ass, man. Yeah. That's a scary dude, you know. Um, and then Islam, man, he's just been – He's been coming in looking super dominant in, in his last few bouts and just what he's been doing with the UFC. So I look forward to that one. I also look forward to that Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett fight. Um, yeah. That should be a pretty good fight too. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking forward to. And mostly because, you know, Yair Rodriguez has kind of not really been in that many bouts in the last half a decade or so yeah you know and but he's an exciting fighter. They're both exciting fighters and it should make for one of those brawls and an exciting match you know but back to the main event a little bit you know i i'm i'm riding with islam i don't know who you said um but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a battle bro and and these two como main events the co-main event and the main event itself are just they can sell a card all on their own you know and and the the undercard and everything that else is going on today it's gonna be a great night for ufc yeah man um i really want to go um, Volkanovski. Um, I just I wonder if Islam's gonna be a little too big for him, a little too much for him. Um, I mean, there's almost like a ten pound weight discrepancy just just in their normal at at stance weights, you know. But Volkanovski's uh, counter grappling is just ridiculous, bro. He's 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 a guy that if you get clinched up with him, you better watch out because before you know it, he's choking your ass out. So it's it, like you said, man. It's gonna be a great bout, like. I, I'm just excited to see it, man. He's you know, Islam's another one of them Dakistan fighters, though, bro. You know, in the long line of them, and that boy can crack. And yep. he, he's he's not afraid to fight with you how you want to fight with you. If you want to grapple, we can grapple. If you want to throw, we could throw. Um, I'm gonna root for I'm gonna root for Volkanovski. I just wouldn't be surprised if Islam takes that fight. And I won't be upset either, man. Like you know, I just want to see a good fight. I just want to see just some warriors go out there. That's always my favorite kind of fights is when these guys go out there and they can be warriors and they can crack. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, that Justin Toffa and Parker Porter fight should be pretty good, too. A couple of the bigger guys just kind of going in there and slugging it out, see who could outlast the other, you know? Yeah, man. You got <clears throat> you to love when the big boys get in there and uh, the bigger fellas get in there and start throwing some haymakers, start throwing some bombs. Um, you never know when, when, when it could be night-night lights out for somebody, too. Um, you know, we're talking about Warriors, man. And before we proceed on, I just want to give a little special shout-out to a, to a Warrior, uh, Brandon Royval, man. He stopped by. Uh, he stopped by over at North High School. Uh, shout out to Coach Gabe Aguilera over there. Um, but he was he was there and he and he worked with uh, some of the young high school wrestlers over there. Gave him a little pep talk and shared some of his stories and his uh, his coming up. You know he's the number f- number three flyweight in UFC right now. So uh, big shout out for that man. Um, it's always cool when uh, when these guys that are a lot of them are local. It's crazy how many people you got here that are local yeah. that train here that work here. Um, maybe they're not from here, but they maybe relocated here. 
um, it's cool to see them guys come back to the high school and and give back and show some love to these to these inner city youth and try to get these young people inspired to to achieve more, be more, and, and prep harder. So, uh, shout out to Brandon Royval and shout out to Coach Ags and in the North Viking wrestling folks with uh, with going into regionals and all that they're about to do. So, good luck, fellas. And uh, but yeah, man, um, it, it's it's always. My favorite is watching the big heavyweights fight in the UFC. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, I think when you get those big guys in the ring and and you see, you know, the ones that have the extra amount of endurance to go for those long fights, you know, we've all been in scuffles in our lives, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And we've all been to the point where, you know, we're getting totally drained from throwing punches and and everything like that and and we're gassed out you know and to see these big dudes in there totally gassed out still giving it everything they got you know wrestling on the mat standing up going toe-to-toe you know from everything that they do to put on a show for us man it's just it's truly great to see you know we'll we'll talk about this more coming up too but since being on we're on the topic of usc and we're talking about heavyweights how about march 4th freaking john jones making his return to the ufc as a heavyweight fighting cyril gone like dude that's gonna be a tough that's gonna be a tough fight cyril gone he's 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 no joke yeah he's, no slouch. he's, a, he's a good striker and he's a good fighter yeah but you know i I respect people that that take little hiatuses and come back, and when they come back, they go for the top. You know, they're not trying to work their way back up. They're going after, they're going after somebody who's a dog. You know what I mean? Somebody who is known to to do his thing, and he ain't shying away from it. No. Jones is like, let's get it. I'm well, a dog, you're a dog. Let's have a dog fight. You know, and everyone was hyped to see Jones versus Francis and Ganyu. Yep, and and that kind of didn't go through. I think Francis is. Uh, contract is up with the UFC, and so what better better person to throw him in there against? The only person that Cyril Gunn lost to was Nganyu, you know. So it should be a good fight, man. I think um, it'll be a good litmus test for John Jones to see how he is up there on that heavyweight level, um, and and just to see, man, like. I'm interested to see how much weight he packed on because he looks he looks ripped, bro. From some of the video I've seen and some of the pictures I've seen of him, he looks super ripped. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, just because he took a hiatus from this doesn't mean he's taking a hiatus from getting right and staying right. Oh, I'm you know sure he took a so. hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shout out to John Jones, man. That, that's he's probably still my favorite, one of my favorite UFC fighters, and you know I put him up there. I mean. You know, he be, some of the guys he's beaten in his career is just is just a long list of great fighters. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, going back to tomorrow to to tonight's fights, though, as we record this, um, what are you uh, are you are you are you the type that wants to see like just a brutal knockout, or are you okay with like some 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 you know, grappling and, and kind of working control over a person. Like, you know, some people get bored with it, with when they're the fighting on the ground. Pound. Yeah. No, well, not I, even ground and pound, but just when they're work, trying to work for submissions and things like that. No, I'm I'm all for it all. You know, the, the one thing that I don't like is when when we use the ground to buy time to, to you know, get that energy and it's more of a hugging fest down there. Yeah. You know, that's when I don't like it. Just but, put him in the garden, sit on him or something. Yeah, but in all honesty, if you're that type of fighter and you think you're going to sit in that position for a long time with guys who are, you know, high-level grapplers, you're going to get caught slipping. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's pretty amazing to see somebody that looks like they're about to lose the match turn around and get somebody in a rear naked choke or a triangle and, and all of a sudden the, it's – game over you know what i mean so i'm all for it both bro i of course everybody likes those big old slug fests 
but it's the UFC, so grappling is a big part of it. Jiu-Jitsu is a big part of it. And I love to see every aspect of UFC when I'm watching a fight. You know, that's like uh, that Oliveira uh, Chimaya fight, you know, with Kamzat, where everyone was like, um, was was like, Oliveira wants to get him on the ground, wants to let him go to the ground. And Kamzat was like, fuck it, let's go to the ground then. And, and, and you know, he ended that fight. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's awesome to see dudes that aren't afraid to to mix up their style. Going back to Cyril Gunn and, and Francis Ngannou, you know, Ngannou is always known for this big striker, you know, not known for his technique on, on the ground as much. But then Cyril Gunn wanted to make that fight a ground fight, and, and Ngannou obliged and, and dominated that fight and controlled that fight on the ground. So. Well. I think that's the great part about it, too. It's like a chess match, right? When you see two different style of fighters, one who's a, a stand-up, you know, I'm a, I'm a punch you, I'm a, I'm a fighter, yep. and the other one who's going to take it to the ground, and you see them both trying to position themselves to ha- to dictate the match in the way they want to dictate it, but when it gets to the uncomfortable position, it's also very interesting to see how they react and respond to that. They're all about it. Like, all right, fuck it, you want to go to the ground? Let's go to the ground. Yep. Like, yeah, I, I, love, I love a well-rounded fighter. I mean, I love good strikers. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing like watching a dude get cracked and then just lights go out. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit, he just knocked him out. Yeah. But there's also something to be said about just pure dominance. And it's like, hey, I don't care how you want to come at me in this fight. You're not beating me. I'm yeah. going to do everything you do best better, you know. And um, you got to love that. Speaking about people doing things the best better, shout out to Anytime Flood Restoration. For all of your water damage, cleanup, mold remediation, and structural dry out needs, call my folks over at Anytime flood restoration 720-837-1184 or you can visit them at their website at anytime flood restoration.com yo they're a a plus rated with the bbb licensed, bonded insured and certified with the iicrc hit up my boy zach man make sure you tell him dna sports training sent you over there they'll take care of you real nice man sometimes in our hardest in our hardest moments in our hardest times we need a company that'll get our back and take care of us and that's what anytime flood restoration would do so shout out to anytime flood restoration once again shout out to you guys for listening yo hit up dna sports right now book yourself a training session tune into the podcast buy yourself some merchandise um anything you could do to show your support to uh, to us and what we do share it like it whatever man we appreciate you as always tuning in um dom we kind of mentioned it as we were getting into the program today it's super bowl sunday tomorrow um a lot of history a lot of history a lot of history man and and a lot of the times we talk about the game, right? But we don't talk about the game within the game necessarily. And I'm not talking about football, yeah. right? If you watch the NFL honors, I want to take this time to give a shout out to all the medical and emergency response staff that was present for the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati yeah. Bengals game and everybody who helped DeMar, you know, on his recovery and is continuing to help him. You guys are truly heroes in this country and hats off to you. It takes. It, I'm sorry, Dom. I don't mean to cut you off, you man. Did. It takes a special person to do that stuff, man. Whether yeah. it be first responders, police, military, like you know, they get people crap on them a lot, and there's a lot of discrepancies. And it's like any other group of people, right? Yep. There's there's a great there's great ones, and then there's a handful that can kind of give you a bad name or a sour taste. But sure, yo, these people, firefighters, you know, first responders, police, they jump into the line 
of duty sometimes. They jump into the line of danger sometimes um, with no thought of their own safety, no thought of, of, you know, they got families and shit that they want to return to, too. Um, and so big shout out to them folks, man. Um, if, you know, those folks that are willing to sacrifice to South to, to take care of somebody else, man, that's, that's, that's always big in my book. And they always get the most love and respect in my book. For sure, man. And we always got to shout out the people who don't get the shout outs and deserve it. And that's what this next topic is about. You know, the often, unsung heroes. <clears throat> exactly. Oftentimes, you know, we're watching these games and, and we don't realize that there's everybody plays a part in putting on these games week after week, night after night. Yes, and it all starts with the grounds teams. And all these NFL stadiums, there's ground crews that get this field prepped and ready to go. You know, they whether they're rolling it in, rolling it out, yep. cutting it, painting it, whatever they do, they are preparing the field so that way we could enjoy the game that we love most. And there's one specific guy who's hands above the rest. It's the <laughs> sod father. Yes, I said it, ladies and gentlemen, the sod father. He's been groundskeeping for every Super Bowl in the history of our game. Wow. He started with Super Bowl one with a budget of five hundred dollars. And now he's getting ready to 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 be the groundskeeper for yet another Super Bowl at the age of ninety four. Wow. Ninety four years old? Ninety four years old. The god of sod, his name is George Toma. He's a legendary figure in the NFL. You know, there's a lot of groundskeepers. You know, we have one here locally. He's our friend, Abe Picasso. You know yep. what I mean? He, his family has been with the Denver Broncos for years. And so we know what kind of work he puts in to make a great, put on a great show over at Invesco, at Mile High, when all the stadiums that it's ever been, yeah. they do a great job there. And that speaks to a guy like the Sod Father, you know. And this guy, for 94 years old, still doing it, man. Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's, it's damn impressive. So that's shout out to a, him. That's a hell of a job to have, too, man, to be, uh, you know, you think about the responsibility that falls on a person's back. Um, and the stress. 100 million viewers. Right for the Super Bowl, they're expecting over 100 million. I think there's like 120 million is what's expected, right? And uh, for that field to look pristine and to be ready to go, and you know, you got a lot of. You know, I don't know if people realize how particular football players are about yeah. fields. You hear about it all the time in preseason games and regular season games where you know people are trashing the field and saying that you know it's horrible field and horrible horrible footing, and that's not that's the last thing you want to have in the Super Bowl, right? You don't want to have. Um, anybody complaining about it and, and as far as I know And even in some of the craziest conditions There hasn't been an issue man So he Toma goes on to say that this is the second Best grass field that we've had In 57 Super Bowls You know so This game should be an exciting one And they're going to be playing it on one of the best fields Coming from the guy who knows best That's a cool field over there too Um uh, State Farm Stadium. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like uh, Allegiant, where the, the the grass rolls in and out. Like you can take the grass out the stadium, so you can get some sunlight and stuff. And so that that thing will roll out and roll back in. That stadium's massive too, bro. You want an interesting fact about that? Was it the field costs roughly eight hundred thousand dollars? Good lord! And took around eighteen months to grow. Wow. Just imagine, bro, the stress of it, right? If you're the groundskeeper, right, and the night before the big game, you don't sleep. The 
you're not sleeping because what if you wake up the next day and there's a chunk out of the grass or Goddamn you wake up hugs. and it's dead or you never know, bro. Like it got super dry and it's a little yellow. Yeah, like yeah, these are all the things I'm sure that's going through their heads at night. And then for me, I wonder, you've been doing this for all these years. What does your grass at home look like? Right, he's got you he's know? got brown grass at home. Yeah, <laughs> or does he have a fucking football field in right. his backyard? You know, like you mentioned, uh, George Toma. He he's done this for every Super Bowl, right? Yep. So my first thought goes back to that Super Bowl. I forget the number of the Super Bowl. I think it was like two thousand six or two thousand seven when it was the Colts versus the Bears in Miami, and it was uh-huh. raining. Yeah. What do you think? You think he was stressed out on that? Because I mean, it's raining. The rain's gonna mess up the field. Like you you could do your best job and have the rain fall and kind of screw things up for you. You know. I imagine the stress he's going through like oh my god am I gonna am I gonna be able to get my job back next year or is this gonna make is something gonna happen because all it takes is a person slipping or injuring themselves or something like that and well you never know right the drainage like right. is the field draining property right. like all these different things that us normal folk don't really take into consideration yep. they're taking into consideration so I'm sure that day was just as hectic as the people who were in charge of the electricity when the Ravens and the 49ers were going and it power went out dude you know what i mean you think about that 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 all 22 shot of the football field that is famous before the super bowl starts you know you got each team's low uh colors or logos or names painted on each side and all this different stuff man that goes into to prepping the field and getting it ready and looking like a million bucks every time um he said he started Super Bowl one with a budget of five hundred dollars. Man, yep. can you think? Can you imagine just trying to nowadays trying to say okay, five hundred dollars is your budget? I'm so ignorant to like what it actually takes and how much it actually takes. And then you saying eight hundred thousand dollars to grow that field over there, in you know eighteen months and all the time and money that it takes going in. I think the Broncos just spent like a hundred thousand dollars to redo their sod here at Mile High or at. Uh, I don't know what it's called now. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, whatever. But they just spent like $100,000 to do their sod. And, you know, this has to happen multiple times. And the best playing field is grass. I mean, I, the turf's cool and everything, but that grass gives away a lot better than the turf does, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, it's it's kind of the unforeseen costs, the hidden costs that go into uh, putting on a great production for the Super Bowl. And then for you kids out there, man, there's inspiration in everything, right? Again, George is 94 years old. He started his groundskeeping career at the age of 13 in 1942. He started his first job in the NFL in 1963 for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he was also the head's groundskeeper in the 1984 and 1996 Summer Olympics. So if you're out there, these kids going door to door, you're shoveling a sidewalk, you're cutting somebody's lawn, whatever you're doing, you know, motivation and staying determined and continuously working at what you want to do in life and pushing and setting goals for yourself, you can accomplish anything. So if George Toma can be doing this since 1942, so can you. Yeah, this is, you started this quote um, from the story on uh, Fox News. Um, where he says, I believe the grass we have today here is the second uh, best grass we've had for 57 Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, he talks about it comes from the West Coast, and it's a beautiful type of Bermuda, Bermuda Tahoma, and it's standing... <laughs> 
it's outstanding on the field right now, even if it's getting beat pretty good by the halftime show practices. He says, I don't like them stamp, uh, stamping on that good grass, he added, while, smile, while smiling. Uh, he, uh, he said, after they get rehearsed, we spend hours with brushes, brushing it up, bringing the leaves to stand up again. That's, that's wild. Like That's crazy. The 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 amount of care and and thought that goes into it, which kind of you know, and then you you think about the window you have for the halftime show and all the stuff that goes into it afterwards. Like it's crazy, man. Like it's crazy all the stuff that that goes in that you don't that you don't really notice. Well, even with with grass, right during the game, if there's a big chunk that gets taken out during the game, you know, are they repairing that chunk or that patch? They're right. patching it up. You know what I mean? Right. So. Even people think their job's done when the game kicks off. No, their job isn't done until the game is over, you know. And even after that, it's not done because they got to tear down. And depending on if the field where it belongs, or they're not just going to throw away eight hundred thousand dollars. So you know they got to try to keep it and 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 utilize it the best that they can and not waste their money. So it's it's, it's seeming like this is going to be uh, George's uh, last Super Bowl. Yep. Um, he. Uh, he thinks it's going to be one of the best ones that we've had in a while. Uh, I think it's one of the best matchups in a long time between the Eagles and Chiefs, and I think the fans will see a very interesting game, he said. Uh, when asked about which team he was rooting for, the Pennsylvania-born Toma recalled an amusing exchange with the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, when the Chiefs played in the Super Bowl back in Super Bowl for, uh, 54 in 2020. He said, I told Roger I have to stick up for the Chiefs because I work for the Chiefs and Lamar Hunt, and, uh, and I are very, very close and he said, George, you work for the league. The league pays you. You have to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool, man. I think I think of all the cool jobs uh, that you can have, I think that's got to be one of them. Working on uh, whether it be the grounds crew. Um, I know we were talking earlier before we started recording. I was talking with Vita a little bit. And um, we have some family friends that worked for the Broncos and you know whether it be the you talked about Abe with with the grounds crew and, and work making that place look beautiful, um, but also a couple of friends of ours that uh, you know they worked behind the scenes in terms of the equipment yeah. or getting the equipment shipped out for road games. And dude, I think if you work in that that close hand in hand to to any professional team, I think that's got to be a pretty cool job, man. And that's got to be something that you, you you're trying not to get rid of anytime soon. Yeah, for sure. Hey, but it's the big game. It's the big right? game. It's Super Bowl time. Eagles, Chiefs, it's going down. Let's talk about it, man. You know, uh, we said we're going to preview it. Uh, man. What, are you, what are you looking forward to most about this game? Before we pick our winners and losers, let's just talk about what you're looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to a good game. I think, um, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you get matchups that aren't the best matchups right you get a team that all of a sudden got hot and they make the super bowl but the team they're playing is a juggernaut compared to them you know uh i think a lot of times you don't always get the best matchup to to rise the the crazy thing about the nfl is like it's one and done in the playoffs right whereas like in uh in, in basketball or in baseball even hockey the cream usually rises to the top so you get yeah. you get a series and you know you got multiple games to 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 right the ship right so to speak um in football you go out there and have a bad day you're done 
You know, look at Buffalo and Cincinnati, right? Like everyone, Buffalo was like the darling to be to win the Super Bowl or to get to the Super Bowl, and Cincinnati had different plans, went in there and, and handled business. So I think I think with the NFL, it's 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 so hard sometimes to get the best, the very very best teams that finish out in 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 the Super Bowl. How many number sixties have we had that made it to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl? Right? Yeah. So I think this matchup is actually a true matchup of the two best teams in the league this year. Yeah, for sure. For me, it's the trenches, man. We're trenches, yes. guys. You know, I'm looking forward to the battle there. The Eagles line has been impressive offensively for this playoff run that they're on. Yeah. You know, um, you know, starts with Kelsey, of course, dead center of that line. But I think they've rushed for 416 yards and two lopsided wins, you know. Oh. And, and you know, you got Kelsey, Johnson, Mylotta, um, Dickerson and Simalu, I, uh, forgive me if I pronounced that wrong. <laughs> and then you, you know, they're going up against Chris Jones and company, yep. and it's going to be a battle, bro. Well, and, and a Chris Jones that suddenly woke up. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had a lot of regular season success, but he's kind of disappeared in the playoffs. Teams have done a good job of kind of isolating him and not letting them beat him. And uh, the Bengals had no answer for Chris Jones whatsoever. And uh, he got his first two career sacks in, in the playoffs against the Bengals. And um, he's playing really, really well right now. Uh, it's going to be a task for um, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and them boys. Um, but the Eagles do have a really good offensive line. They have a really they good. have a damn good offensive line, better than I think the Chiefs' offensive line. Um, although that's very debatable too. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it'll come down to the trenches, man. I think with. Philly does defensively on the on the on that side of the ball. Um, it, it was it was highlighted gotta, against the Niners. They got a dog who is slept on, in my opinion, in the NFL, bro. Nobody gives Hassan Reddick the credit he deserves. Like he is a man amongst boys sometimes out there. And uh, he was the best, in my opinion, of all the all the edge rushers that were available in the free agent market this past offseason. He had the best season of all of them, which which no one really, you know, expected so much. I mean, he was one of the only free season uh, or excuse me, a post a free agent um acquisitions at, at the edge rusher that actually held up and had a great season and yeah. and he was dominant against the 49ers man he yeah. was everywhere and and in all honesty you know we don't we don't like when we see people get hurt and and prayers out to Brock Purdy but yeah. if he doesn't knock Brock Purdy out of that game we could be talking about a whole different team today i've never seen a game <clears throat> Um, complexion changed so fast and Quickly. so early in a game. That was the third play of the game, man, and it was right after that it was done. And and that has to be a concern of the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I, Mahomes is not one hundred percent. Little gimpy on the leg. Can't get away as quickly, you know. Um, Mahomes is known for extending the play a little bit with his legs, and he did a really good job against the Bengals of still being able to do that. Um, picked up that penalty uh, against Asai, you know, um, at the end of the game there to put them in field goal position to win the game. But, uh, you know, he's had a couple of weeks to kind of rest that ankle up. But all it takes is one hit on there. Yeah. All it takes is one little you know, roll up the wrong way or kind of step the wrong way to kind of re-aggravate that, that high ankle sprain. That's not something that goes away in three weeks. That's a, that's a, a six week kind of injury that it takes a lot of, a lot of treatment, and a lot of work to kind of get rid of that. So it'll be interesting to see if the Eagles can kind of, kind of live on the other side of the, of the line of scrimmage. Uh, Fletcher Cox is a, is a, is a force down low and he's been with the Eagles now, it seems forever. Mm-hmm. And he's he's that old wily veteran now. Back when you know they played the 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 Patriots in the Super Bowl, he was still kind of young and up and coming. And now he 
he kind of anchors that that defensive line, and um, it'll be interesting this that that chess matchup. What Andy Reid does to kind of neutralize them guys because you know there's got to be something. But then I think back to with the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers with the Chiefs and how a defensive line and, and pass rush kind of just disrupted that whole thing mm-hmm. and turned it upside down, and it was just a runaway victory for the, the the Buccaneers at that point versus the Chiefs. So I'm interested to see if the Eagles can kind of do the same thing. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm interested to see what kind of stunts they throw at them. You know what I mean? And 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 it, are they just bringing Reddick from the edge or? They're going to bring him inside and, and, and have him run a gap like there's all kinds of interesting things that they can do with him for me man there's a lot of great pass rushers in the league he has to be if not the top but one of the top of get offs in the league like his get off is so ridiculous bro his sure. speed is ridiculous but there's an also another aspect to this game that no one's talking about right Philly's the favor and Everybody's putting respect on their name, but no one is giving any credit to the defense coordinator on the other side of the ball, Spags. Yeah. You know, he's a two-time Super Bowl winning champ. All-time and, great defense coordinator. And he, his two Super Bowl victories yep. beat top offenses in the league those That's years. True. So he knows how to beat a top offense. And, and again, he's a guy who's going to do – what he does, all the proper preparation to put the game plan together, and then he's going to have his players execute it. And if they rally behind each other like they did against Cincinnati, we're in for a good show. Well, and on, on the flip side, his counterpart, I would argue Jonathan Gannon mm-hmm. uh, for the Eagles. Uh, he knows how to call great defense. I think there's reason why the Colts, the Cardinals, haven't filled them coaching vacancies. Yep. And I honestly feel like Gannon might be on their radar for that reason. Um, what I'm interested to in see is we talked about the trenches, and that's where it all starts at, right? Yep. I'm interested to in see if these guys are able to hold up on the back end. You know, with AJ Brown and, and and the Slim Reaper going out there trying to do things, um, with the just mixed match of of personnel that the Kansas City Chiefs can throw out there with Pacheco, with Valdez Scantling, yeah. you know, with Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like, how do they hold up on that back end? Because if these offensive lines can give a little bit of time, that could very well expose these defenses on the back end. Yeah. I know the the Niners were talking about it a lot, and it's easy to talk crap after you've been beaten, you know. Um, but IU came out saying, hey, we noticed some stuff on their back end that we could get to had we been able to get to it and not, you know, if ifs and nuts, right? Yeah. But had we been able to get to it, it would have been a different game. And I wonder – if these offensive lines are able to hold up just a little bit, give Mahomes some time, give Hurts some time, what can they do? That Philly offense is so dynamic in, what, in, the, in the way they can attack things. Just when you think you've, you've contained Jalen Hurts, he hits you know Devontae Smith over the top. He hits A.J. Brown over the top. Even Goddard. I mean, they've got weapons all across the board could, on that. Could this have been any more of almost a mirror match? Right, they're pretty similar in they teams. Yeah. Like great defenses, powerful offenses. I think both game plans are going to go in there and they're going to say, "Listen, we got to get the ball out quick, or we're going to have to let our mobile quarterbacks extend the plays yep. and move outside of the pocket because we're not going to have the time that we think we're going to have." You know, regardless how good the offensive line are, there's two defensive lines that are dogs, and and I guarantee you the game plan is to get it out quick. So there was this. Uh there was this interesting little kind of 
piece that I kind of talked to you about a little bit and shared with you a little bit is about the Chiefs and the Eagles. And it was, you know, how they're so evenly matched. They both have the same record. They both were number one seeds. They both, um, you know, had scored the, the same amount of points on the season. They both, you know, have dominant players and Pro Bowl players equal amount on each side. Uh, so I think you're right. I think this is one of those one games where it's like you're almost playing yourself. You're almost playing, you know, and how much, how much, um, how different are the systems in Philly than what Andy Reid run and what Andy Reid used to run? You know, they used to run very similar uh, uh, systems back then. So, um, wow, this is an interesting little topic you just threw at me. The most evenly matched in 25 years conference title games. So that, was the, for, that was for the conference title games. So, I mean, yeah, I think you're right, man. I think, I think this Super Bowl has the potential to be one of the great ones. Yeah. Would it surprise you if this turned into a defensive battle? Um, no. Just but knowing I, how disruptive that front seven could be. No, it wouldn't surprise surprise me at all. But I'm not hoping for that. I'm hoping for an <laughs> offensive. You want that shootout. shootout? You know, I'm hoping for a shootout. I think you know that honestly for the Super Bowl, we like to see those kind of exciting things. We talked about the UFC, right? Yeah. And if you prefer a grapple match or you f- prefer a slugfest in the Super Bowl. I prefer a slugfest personally. You know, I love to see defensive, you know, chess matches to where it comes down to a field goal mm-hmm. in the game. But, man, I think the Super Bowl is all about the show. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of Super Bowl records um, that that have stood for a little bit of time and things that have, have stood for a little bit of time. There's one that I wonder that I wonder if it's going to get um, beat this year, and it's, it's rushing yards by a quarterback. And I think right now the the Super Bowl record for rushing yards by a quarterback is like sixty five yards, mm-hmm. and I wonder if do you think um, Jalen Hurts is going to get a chance to to put his stamp on this game with his feet? Ooh, I ain't one of those uh, betting sites, but that sounds like a pretty good bet for somebody to put out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Vegas, you know, you put that bet out there. I think you're going to have a lot of takers. I think that's a good bet, man. I think Jalen Hurts definitely has the possibility to get those yards and why he has that possibility is because he's going against such a great pass rush, right? He's again, he has to get it out quick or move and extend that pocket. So I do think that he will. So when I tell you the quarterback that has the record for rushing yards, tell me how you think this quarterback compares to to Jalen hurts. Can I guess? Sure. I don't know why, but in my gut, it's telling me John Alway. That's a good guess, but it's not that way. Okay. Um, it happened in Super Bowl 34 to Steve McNair. Oh, okay. He rushed hmm. for 64 yards. But Ooh. Steve McNair was a guy that can throw the ball. Air, Air McNair. He can throw the ball, but people forget his ability to run the ball and how tough he was as a runner at times. That, that Super Bowl was amazing. The one yard, one oh yard short of victory. God, bro. Yeah, that was the a great show Super Bowl. on turf. Yep. That was an amazing yep. Super Bowl. That's one of my favorite Super Bowls of all time because that's one of our questions, right? And I was pulling up another moment, but that has to, I forgot about it for a second. That has to be one of my top. Some sideness now to it. That Super Bowl is the last time that an NFL MVP that would just, you know, that's playing in the Super Bowl won the game. There has been nine MVPs to play in the Super Bowl since then over. So you're saying that Pat Mahomes isn't going to get it done? Or do you say one record is guaranteed to get beat this Sunday? Yes. Either the rushing yards <laughs> or there's going to be an MVP yes. to win the Super Bowl. Yes. Easy bet there. Um, <laughs> 
Nah, man. Like I mean, you know, it makes you wonder though. Like it, you don't, you would expect it's kind of like the Heisman in the national ty- championship game, and you know they don't always like a Heisman Trophy winner make it to the national championship game. They don't always win that thing though. Yeah, you know, and and it goes to, to that more of that team success versus individual success. But I just thought it was interesting, man. I heard them talking about it on the radio the other day, and they were talking about the the last nine times that an MVP's actually played in the Super Bowl, they've lost, and so it makes you wonder. If, if that's going to happen again, um, I don't uh, – we'll get into our Super Bowl predictions here in a second. So I, I don't want to say whether I believe that's going to happen or not. But I do know that Philly does prevent uh, pose a huge threat towards – Mahomes comfort yeah right we kind of highlighted it a little bit with with their ability to rush the passer um there's always an unsung hero in the Super Bowl right there's always that dude that you wasn't expecting do you do you see a Hassan Reddick type MVP performance right do you see uh perhaps a Isaiah Pacheco you know, shining, winning the MVP. Uh, one of the popular bets out there right now, and I'm not, I'm not condoning, you know, gambling. You do you, boo boo. But one of the popular bets out there is Travis Kelsey winning the MVP. I was just getting ready to say his name. You know, I think being there for so long, getting towards some may say the latter end of his career. You know, maybe it's deserving for Travis Kelsey to win. But I can tell you this right now. If Hassan Reddick performs like he did in the in the conference championship game, we will have a defensive MVP because he's going to take that game and he's going to turn it over. I think with uh, with 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 way um, and, and you can argue that Aaron Donald could have won MVP last year. Mm-hmm. I think with the way these front sevens play, it's very possible that you don't see a Patrick Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts win MVP this year. I think it's possible you can see you know, a, a skill position player or an unsung hero, a defensive player win MVP. And the reason why I say that is if these these defensive lines and, and pass rushers are getting to the quarterback and disrupting things, causing them to throw the ball sooner than they want to throw the ball, causing them to make mistakes, um, I can really see other players taking advantage of that. We are, we're, I was talking with a buddy at work, and we are talking about Travis Kelsey with an MVP, right? And I was like, well, yeah, Patrick Mahomes would have to throw some interceptions, would have to have, you know, because if he throws three touchdowns to Travis Kelsey in 300 yards, it's going to be the MVP, mm-hmm. right? But if he has, you know, two or three touchdowns to Kelsey and perhaps some fumbles or interceptions or it just isn't clean, that's how another person kind of sneak in there and win that MVP, getting that MVP talk. So it just – it. it it made me wonder, you know what my dream is for an MVP this year? Offensive lineman. <laughs> Lane Johnson. Hey, or, so check this out. So Jason Kelsey. While you're talking, right, <laughs> I'm looking some things up. And we talked about Travis Kelsey. Okay. And we just talked about offensive linemen winning the MVP. It should happen, man. Give some love to the trenches. Give it to, hey, that front seven, come on. No offensive lineman, tight end, kicker, or punter has ever won the award. Wow. Ever. Well, Jason Kelsey, time to stand up. Or Travis, Travis Kelsey. time to stand up. One of you guys got to get it done, man. <laughs> it is funny because you think about you think about field goal kickers like, you know. Uh, Vinatieri. Vinatieri winning the Super the Bowl Patriot, multiple times. Tom like, Brady gets all this love. Yeah, if it wasn't dude. for Vinatieri, bro, yeah. they would have been in a lot of those Super Bowls. He's the true MVP. Yes, he He's is. He's the true MVP. Um, but I was also, one one example that came up to me when, when we were talking about, and I was talking to my buddy at work about MVP and about it being non-quarterback, is the time that Deion Brand won it yeah. over Tom Brady you know so it, it's possible to happen it doesn't happen often and it's kind of like the MVP is like 
a quarterback deal these days. I mean, even like when you think, you know, the actual MVP award for the season, like Justin Jefferson had a great season, but he had an MVP worthy season, you know, no love, well, you know, it went, it went to Mahomes. So we, think we get a rookie in there. Pacheco. Maybe, maybe Eagles side. Who, who, who who's on the rookie? Who's the rookie on the Eagles side? Uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders got a sneaky Miles chance Sanders. for it too, but he's not a rookie. He's not a rookie. Um, Slim Reaper. He's he's a couple years in. Um, Goddard. I wouldn't. You know, Goddard would be a good pick too, bro. Goddard might be something you throw five dollars at. See if you can if you can hit on that. Um, AJ Brown. Like, wouldn't that be a? Wouldn't that be the ultimate? Like in your face to the Tennessee Titans. Not only did he kick their ass this year, but he comes and, and wins Super Bowl MVP. Like, that, that'd that be the dumbest trade in the history of trades, man, next to the, the Russell Wilson trade. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be crazy, man. I think, honestly, I'm I'm rooting for a tight end or offensive lineman. Screw everybody else. Yeah. I want to see some history be made. Um, Here's my thing, dog. The offensive linemen cannot really – they can go and play a perfect game, a clean game. And either quarterback can be completely clean, and the quarterback's going to win the MVP, bro. Like they ain't gonna show. Like it, it's so hard for an bro. offensive lineman to show up on a stat sheet, bro. Like and to make a difference, um, it's really, really hard. And and it's almost I'm almost willing to bet that an it offensive lineman will never win MVP. It won't because you got to think about it like this, right? Just like you said, if they don't allow any sacks and the quarterback has a great game. Quarterbacks gonna yep. win it, or if a running back has right? a great game, or if the quarterback doesn't have such a great game, they still allow no sacks. But the running back goes yep. off. You're gonna have a running back MVP, yep. and 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 quite honestly, if the if the offense doesn't perform well, you're gonna see a defensive MVP before you see an offensive lineman. I know how we do this. I know how we do this. Okay, this is gonna be the Philadelphia Eagles' plan to get uh, Lane Johnson an MVP. All right, dive tackle eligible. Yeah. In the red zone twice. Yeah. And those would be the only touchdowns scored. That would be awesome. <laughs> Dude, I'm crying right now thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, a lot of history is going to be made this Sunday, but we got to talk about past history. Yes, sir. What is some of your most memorable Super Bowl moments or the most memorable? I can go first if you want or if you got it right off the top, ready to fire it, fire it up. I mean, one that always comes to mind, and it's because I'm here locally, is the Outway helicopter moment. Yep. You know, um, not, and I didn't grow up a Bronco fan, you know, and I'm not a Bronco detractor, so to speak, but um, that play was iconic in that this man had been to the Super Bowl previously and lost his ass off. And was had the stamp of not being able to win the big game, and this was his first time back in a number of years. And uh, early in the game, sometimes you got to rally your troops. You got to you got to rally your team and show them, hey, they'll burn the ships. We're hey, going. Hey, and it was iconic too, right? Because let's keep it real. He was in the latter end of his career. Yes, He's an older gentleman. Yep. Right, going against the. At the time, one of the nastiest defenses yep. in the 13 league. 13-point favorite, Green you, Bay Packers. Yeah, you know what Super I mean? Chance. Like, so you got Big Gill. You yep. know, you got Reggie White. You got all them guys out there. And he and, got drilled. And, and he got drilled, bro. It's a complete helicopter. It's, it is it is a historic moment. You're right. Even being a Raiders fan, it's one that comes yeah. to my mind. Um, but, you know, the other one that comes to my mind all the time is the David Tyree catch. Yes. You know, in 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 this stadium, I believe. Uh, or was that New Orleans? Phoenix, two thousand. It was in Phoenix, it bro. Was in Phoenix. I'm telling you, you're absolutely correct. Yep, and and 
it was amazing, bro. It's one of the best catches in history. Um, you know, Peyton had a little bit of fun the other day, kind of poking at his brother and kind of talking about the catch a little bit without, you know, kind of subliminally calling his brother out and saying how the little, <laughs> little brothers like to steal the older brothers yeah. shine and, you know, things like that. But it was a phenomenal catch. We talked about the uh, greatest show on turf and Aaron yeah. McNair. Shout out to Aaron McNair and, and RIP gone way too soon. Um, that was another great Super Bowl. Dude, you know, the crazy thing about that Tyree catch, if you don't have that, you've got the Patriots 19 and 0. Probably. Um, Miami no longer popping corks every time every team loses. Like it, it's just all the things that change change from that is Eli as revered in New York. You know, that was his first Super Bowl victory. You know, um what happens with Eli in New York because he was on some turmoil at that point. Um it's just a lot of things change with that catch. Um another one that comes to mind, dude, is the Scott Norwood miss. Yeah, I remember being a kid watching that game, and and seeing him push that 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 was it far right, you know, just barely, just barely missing that. And what changes with Buffalo if that happens? If that doesn't happen, if Buffalo makes that field goal, they went to four straight Super Bowls and lost, bro. If they that was the first of the four. If they go to that, you know, it's different. Yeah. Do they have the hunger to get back to the next one? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many different different Super Bowl moments that I recall. Where you got to think about Malcolm Butler, right? Yeah. Interception on the goal line. They should have run the ball. Give the ball to Marshawn, bud. Give the ball to Marshawn. <laughs> you got beast mode. You pass it, and Malcolm Butler Dude, is a star from that point you on. Got, you got, he got paid from that, that yeah. moment. You got yeah. the best short yardage running back in the league at that time, and you pass. Another one, right? Another one. Great. Probably the GOAT. One of the goats. I won't say the goat because you got the human joystick too. Um, but Devin Hester Yo. opening up the Super Bowl with the kick return. Yep. You know what I mean? Historic moment, exciting, set the game off with a high tempo. You know what I mean? So yep. another great moment there. Um, man, what, there's what about the lights going out? What about the lights going we just out? Mentioned it earlier. Yep. The lights yep. going out and that changing the whole course. Yeah, of the yeah. Game, San Francisco right? was being dominated in that game. Yep, and, and they almost they almost came back to take it. Um, Man, I think about twenty-eight-three. You know, and uh, how how so? I was I, I just moved back from Grand Junction during that time, and I won myself on this on this contest on the radio station out there to be in a pick'em for the for the um, playoffs. And the winner of the pick'em in the playoffs won a, a mini refrigerator with a hundred dollars worth of of liquor in it and like fifty dollars gift cards to the to the grocery store, right? And so I picked the Patriots to win, and my points were 56 points, right? <laughs> I swear to God, dude. Um, it's 28 to 3, and all I have to do is go over my points because no one else has higher points than me, yeah. right? It's 28 to 3, and the Patriots are losing, and I'm like, fuck, man, I'm going to lose this. And I, w I, was, I was good. All I needed was the Patriots to win. I didn't even need to hit my points. I just needed the Patriots to win. Yeah. And they came back and won. And you did both. I went and picked up my refrigerator, brother, next day. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, and you know what? You mentioned that game, bro. The moment in that game was the Edelman catch. Yeah. Remember the Edelman catch in traffic, kind of ball bobbled around, and he got it when everybody thought he didn't catch it. Yeah. Like, yep. Great moments, man. The Super Bowl is, is truly and will always be a great sporting event in history will always love it it's probably going to be one of the most viewed events always it always is you know and, and, and we talked about it a little bit 
about the halftime performances and you yeah. brought up how um, these halftime performers are, excuse me, halftime performances aren't paid performances. Yep. And this is why. It is This why. is why. You're You've right. got the eyes of the world on this one event. I mean, if you look at the, the cost of, 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 of commercial advertisement for the Super Bowl and the average cost of a 30 second spot for the Super Bowl, like there's a reason why uh, this stuff is the way it is. And it's because it's one of the greatest sporting uh, spectacles on the face of the earth. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it does better numbers than almost every other sporting event. I, I don't know how the world cup does because soccer is a little bit more of a world sport. Yeah. But yo, Super Bowl Sunday, it's a holiday in America. It is, man. Everybody has to have good food, good company, the biggest TV. There's a reason why the TVs go on sale (laughs) before the Super Bowl because everybody has to have the biggest TV in the crib. You get better TV prices for for like the build up to the Super Bowl than you do on Black Friday. I know. It's crazy. Hey, but it's the greatest game, greatest game played. In my opinion, man, I love football. There's no other sport like it. I love other sports, but for me, my heart, my passion is football. And I don't, it wouldn't be the same without the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm excited for it. Who you got winning? Let's talk about it. We're getting down to that part. We're yeah, getting down, we're to, getting it. down to that part. Well, I think we've outlined a lot with this game and a lot with these teams. I think uh, these are the two best teams that are playing. These have been the two best teams in the season all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best team, in my opinion, all year long has been the Philadelphia Eagles. And. I think they're going to win this Super Bowl. Uh, um, I know they're only like a point and a half favorite, so I I, I picked them to win. Um, and I think I'm going to pick Jalen Hurst to win MVP. And I think we're going to go 34-27. No, no, no. Excuse me. 34-28. Okay? And it's going to be one on the last drive of the game, and Jalen Hurst is going to lead him down there and win it. Hmm. Interesting. I, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I honestly coming into this game, rocking with Philly. Okay, right. I'm rocking with Philly, but same feeling that I had last week when I was rocking with Cincinnati before I picked the Chiefs. Mm. Same feeling, you know what I mean? It's Pat Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Andy Reid. We haven't even talked about this. Is the Andy Reid Bowl? This is true. He's going up against his old team. This is true. Got a chip. He wants to win the ship, and I'm going to rock with the Chiefs in a comeback victory. Okay. Not quite Patriots. Okay. But a comeback victory down at halftime, 28 to 14, come back to win the game, 35 to 38. By a field goal. Okay. Well, let's just hope that that eight and eight stands up for at least one of them quarters, so I can hit one, one of my football square pools. Um, I like the I like it, man. It sounds like you've got uh, the thing is every, from MVP here, Travis Kelsey. I'm sorry, ooh, I forgot to say that. There we go. History. There We're we making go. history. Let's go. We're making history. You know what? Tight ends are like glorified offensive linemen too. They just get to go out for the pass. So I feel the love there. Um, this Super Bowl has so many interesting stories that we haven't even touched on. Um, obviously, you got the. Kelsey brothers playing against each other. You just mentioned the Andy Reid Bowl, Andy Reid's former team. Um, you know, it's been a, a few years, but there's still some fingerprints of 
have hit Andy Reid on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, two first, uh, the first two African American quarterbacks to play against each other in the Super Bowl, and um, it, there's a lot of great storylines to this Super Bowl. So I'm just Correct. hoping that that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the smoke clears and the last piece of confetti has fallen, I just hope that it's a great game, and I hope that it's just a um, a highlight for this game that we love, this game that we coach, this game that we we've played and um, that we give a lot of time and energy to. Um, I hope it's just a, uh, a highlight for, you know, uh, football and for games to come and for things to come. Um, all we can do is hope for a, a great game. Yeah, that's all I want. I just want to see an exciting game, you know, and as, you know, everybody say your prayers, put your hands over all those athletes that are going out there to put a show on for us. Let everybody get through that game injury free and and enjoy their day and their moment in their life. Because this is a monumental moment in their lives. They've all been working hard to get yep. to this moment. And whether they play in the game or they're just a role on the sideline, they deserve everything that they're getting. So, you know, shout out to all of them. But you brought up a... Uh, a key piece of history that's actually our mailbag question as well so we'll get to that in a second okay yeah i i did and i want to ask you before we get to that um we didn't talk about the commercials at all we didn't do you have a super bowl commercial that just always lives in your brain or that you can go fall back to or that you could think of man like i don't know why but i i remember i don't know if it was last year or the year before but Doritos went heavy on the on the on the commercials, and there was the one where they're in the labor room and the lady's giving birth, and she shoots out the bag of the new Doritos. That commercial sticks in my head forever. There's a lot of them. Is that the one where the dad is like teasing the baby in the ultrasound with the with the Doritos? Yeah, there's like you know there's like so many different commercials that are are heartfelt you know great commercials that are needed and then there's good entertaining commercials and that one for some reason is the first one to pop to my mind when you ask that question i always think about budweiser bud light the clydesdales oh yeah um, or the frogs back in the day wow that's where it it evolved to like i remember back in the day they used to have the beer bottle set up and they're playing the football game the bud bowl but then i think about bud wise or yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, always fun like you said man i think no free uh, promo shout us out yeah yeah hook it up man we'll take a case um i think uh i think like you said man it's it's fun to see the the, the fun the fun uh commercials there's always some heartfelt serious ones yeah. and respect to that you know i think i think that's a great thing about that platform is it allows you to put your voice out there it allows you to get your voice out there i think that should be allowed um some people don't like all the politics and neither do i like i hate you know the the separation and the division but that's people's right to kind of put that stuff out there so you know i respect the, the right and freedom of people to do things but yeah man i'm looking forward to the commercials just as much as i'm looking forward to the game um you did bring up a piece of history and it is a mailbag question uh from our girl vita out in denver what are your thoughts on the first two african-american quarterbacks to play against each other in the super bowl i think the timing couldn't be any more perfect. Right. Honestly, when you think about it, we are in February. It's Black History Month, so why not make a little bit of black history, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's truly remarkable to see these these two men, first of all, yeah. young men. Yeah. Two, they could also be, if Jalen Hurts 
wins the game. He could be in uh, amongst an uh, elite group of young men yeah. who have been the youngest quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl. You know, so I think there's a lot of history surrounding these two young men, and and the fact that they're African American in February is is a little bit more special. And and you know, shouts out to them and and everybody out there who who this is going to resonate with a little bit more than it would necessarily someone else. So you know, I think it's 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 big for. For humanity Yeah I think um, You know Anytime it's the first Of anything It's always a big deal um, You know I look forward I look forward To a time in our life Where We're not Identifying the first of For this Or the first for that In terms of race um, I think I think A lot of that stuff Can kind of be Seen as divisive, but also at the same time, it's seen as representation. Yes, it's sir. seen as a way to get there, and I respect that part of it. Um, I'd be remiss if we if we didn't continue on, and I didn't mention Doug Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, MVP of Super Bowl twenty two, yep. first African American quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Um, there was a time, and this is why, as much as I hate the division, you know, being being pointed out about race with each other. Yeah, this is also a time though where you got to reflect and understand. That there was a time where the African American quarterback was thought to be too stupid, too yep. dumb, yep. to not understand and grasp offenses, right? Um, and I think we're past that. I think we've been long past that idea. And I think it, 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 you know, having these two gentlemen, these two young men, play against each other in the Super Bowl can kind of give more representation and understanding to people who may be in the dark about that kind of thing to understand, like, yo, it don't matter who you are, where you come from. You put in the work, you sacrifice, and you do what's necessary to get there, mm-hmm. you can get there. And I hope little African-American boys, brown boys, black boys, white boys, yellow boys, I hope they can see this and they can understand that, yo, this is something I can do. For sure. Patrick Mahomes comes from a mixed family, mm-hmm. right? It's important that people see representation, that these are American men. Yes. Right. These are men, young men that are out there that have done the work, that have put in you know the necessary time to get there. And I'm just, I, I give them their flowers now, man. I'm super excited to see the matchup. I hope it's a great matchup. I think it should be. I mean, they're two of the most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you tell me who's more exciting. The things that Patrick Mahomes does to extend the play, uh, the way Jalen Hurts can just turn on the Jets on you, run your ass over, and but throw over the top on you. You know, they're unique talents, and I'm super excited to see him, bro, and, and I'm rooting for them both. Like I said, I already picked Jalen to win the MVP. Um, I think his story is great coming from what he went through at Alabama, mm-hmm. going Transfer. to Oklahoma. Um, just last year, there were, like, questions of whether he would be the guy. Had a yeah. great season last year. It wasn't over the top, but it was solid. And to see where he's at now, MVP candidate. You know, for both of them, right? Because yeah. no one probably ever even expected Pat Mahomes from Texas Tech to yeah, be the when, guy that he is today. When you the know Chiefs what I mean? moved like, up to get him, like it was like who? Yeah. So you know, shout out to both of them. I'm hoping you know. You said that you know we're we're way past that, but there still are very a lot of yeah. racial barriers for a lot of people, not just African Americans, yep. but there are still a big one in the NFL. Yep. And you know, hopefully this breaks the barrier and we start to see more African American co- head coaches, you know, Eric Bieniemy deserves a shot. Yep. You know, I've been a bit a- big advocate for him for a long time and you know, I think it's about that time where someone gives him the shot to see what he could do with his 
with his own team. You know, we've seen a lot of success with first-year head coaches in, in other places, and maybe he can have the same amount of success. You know, and it's a different conversation, and I know we're trying to wrap up here, but, um, you know, the Rooney Rule was yep. put in place to kind of give opportunities to minority candidates, and I feel like sometimes that Rooney Rule is used as a token interview, mm-hmm. and I don't really fully buy into it. Yep. Um, you know, you see folks like Eric Bieniemy, um, Steve Wilkes, mm-hmm. these guys that are definitely overly qualified to do the job. Um, you know, shout out to D'Amico Ryan's getting that job in Houston. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's something to be said about representation, and I get that. There's yeah. definitely something to be said about representation. Um, and t- you know, as long as we come together, though, man, we we can move mountains together opposed to apart. So. Dom, as usual, brother, I appreciate you, man. This has been a great episode. Great episode. Talking about that Super Bowl. Hey, and, and to keep it real with the viewers, you know, it was it was a ad-libbed one. It was a pivot, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes know. some things just don't go the way they're planned. Yep. But here at DNA, we don't ever stress over pressure, baby. Diamonds are created in pressure, and that's what we are. We're diamonds. Got to be right? adaptable. Got to adjust. And we got to shout out some more diamonds. We want to shout out Arsenal Custom Apparel, Rebel Promotions, Black Sevens, yeah, yeah. Genesis Catering, Lashaw Beauty, you know, the Denver North Junior Wrestling's crew, dnadenversports.com check us out book of session check out a podcast just get us a mailbag question whatever you got to do man show some love but i got a special shout out i gotta give today coach go ahead man i want to give a special shout out to my sister nicole nagel she's one of the most kind-hearted good people that i know and if it wasn't for her I don't think I would be the same man that I am today. You know, her heart is infectious and it rubs off on you. And she taught me how to have compassion and empathy for people. And I love her with all my heart. And I just want to give a shout out to my sister. Happy birthday, sis. Happy birthday to you. Hey, man, we appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, DNASportsNever.com. Hit up the website. Follow us, like us, share us. Do whatever you got to do, man. Tell a friend about us. Bring somebody next time. (laughs) But, yo, as always, man, with my partner, Dom, I'm Coach Al. We appreciate y'all tuning in. And until next time, y'all, peace. DNA Sports. Thank you.